But welcome to Mr. Osiris and Abs. I said it like I was carrying on from the conversation, which will not be in this episode. But I'm people, Kevin Weir. And people will like it. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> and I'm wondering yeah? if the OC is punking us. Oh? This episode felt like they were punking us. It was like they're like, haha, we're going here. But are we? No. This, ep- yeah, there, there, there was a lot of moments in the episode where I'm just like, wait, what, 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 what? Oh, what? Oh, what? No, wait, huh? Huh? Why? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's it was weird. It was a weird one. It was weird to essentially have so many moments where I thought they were going to tell one story, then they're going to tell a different story, then they're going to tell a third story. And they're like, but actually we're telling the story we've been telling (laughs) all along. (laughs) But actually, go back to story one. That wasn't story one. You think it's story one. It's not story one. It's actually story 17. (laughs) Like, what Uh, a weird episode. (laughs) It was a very weird episode. Uh, Like, it didn't... It sort of set stuff up, but took a long time to do it. There's a lot of just, like, the first... Man, the first part of this, as as we recap it, is just going to be, like... This scene happens. (laughs) People talk about their lives. People talk about things that are going to happen later, but don't happen now. I just, like, watching this show with a critical eye, the way we're watching it, you can, like, see it devolve... You, yeah, you can see when they've run out of ideas. And it's interesting to note that The O.C. is the first show that I've watched where I've seen them be so ruthless with, like, this character's story is done, they're gone. They're gone. Like, Tate Donovan is still around. He's directing. <laughs> yeah. But Jimmy's done. Yeah, Jimmy's done. I mean, Luke, who was a huge part of season one, they're just like... It, not even the end of the season. They're just like, ah, we don't have nothing else to do with this guy. Because they, like, sort of brought him back at the beginning of season two. And then they were like, oh, well, you know what? No. But that was more for a, like, one episode. Yeah. Like, hey, like, remember this guy who left, like, six episodes before the end of last <laughs> they season? They just decided. Yeah. Yeah. They are, I think I said this when we were doing the first season. They're, like, Game of Thrones for uh, for getting, not killing the characters, but getting them out of there. They're just closing doors all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we might as well talk about it. Since we already are. Since we already are. (laughs) So this is The O.C., and it's Season 3, Episode 9, The Disconnect. The Disconnect. So we begin learning that this episode is going to be about Johnny's emotions. It's full of melancholy shots at the beach, and we never see the beach from that view. This yeah. is a surfing view. Yeah, it is. A, people are surfing, but sad music is playing. Because I thought they cut immediately to Johnny looking out the window, and I thought <laughs> I thought they were driving him by the beach so he could look sadly <laughs> at surfers. But no, it's just one of those weird cuts. He's actually just looking at buildings that are going by. Yeah, they're like in his neighborhood. Um. So it was very unclear. I kind of thought they might have been driving Johnny home from school. I think they're driving him home from the hospital. Yeah, they're driving him home from the hospital because Chili is mysteriously out of town. <laughs> Chili will not be appearing in this episode. And his mom is working, which is a weird choice to make because she does appear. Yeah, well, I mean, they sort of explain that, that she works the night shift. So that's her coming home from work but at like, like 10 a.m. because she's a night shift nurse. I just... I. I I, I don't know why that's, like, is it supposed to make us feel bad for Johnny because his life is sad? Because Johnny has a nice house. Yeah, so they, they they drive up, and there is a rich house and a normal house. And, and Marissa, being 
Marissa is like, oh, are you the nice one with the white trim? And he's like, nope, the <laughs> no, normal house. No, I'm the... I, I go to the normal high school, Marissa. Remember what school you go to? Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the normal house. Um, I would say I think the reason they set that up is multiple reasons. One is to make so much more sense why Marissa is constantly around. <laughs> <laughs> that That's fair. Yeah, because really what his mom does is come home, spend some time with her son, sleep, and then go back to work the next day. Although if she's working night shift, she's probably working like a rotating shift. She's actually probably home quite a lot. Yep, but I think I think from what we hear from her when she does arrive home is that she's picked up extra shifts mm-hmm. and she's trying to get rid of them to do with her son, but it's hard when you're to on, get people to cover that. Yeah, when you're on night. I just want to point out to our audience that like this situation <laughs> is not as sad as the OC is maybe trying to make us think it yeah, is. Yeah, well, it, well, it's the sort of thing where it is sad, but it's that it's that unfortunate, which almost like sadder, normal sad, where you're like, yeah, that's what people do. Yep, people have life. Yeah, which, and it's unfortunate that it runs in, in such a way, but, and she, and, you know, I imagine because this is the OC, she's not being paid very well because she's one of the poor nurses. Poor nurse, single mom nurse. Anyway, uh, so they drop Johnny off of the normal house, and he, and we... We continue with Johnny by the fact that he refuses any help from anyone. He's like, I'm fine. I can walk up those stairs by myself. He walks on his crutches and drops his bag. And John's, Ryan's like, yep. He's not okay. <laughs> He's not okay. And Marissa's like, I have a free period. Maybe I should stay. And Ryan's like, yes, absolutely you should. He is not okay. And this is, and I didn't realize until the end, this is the last time Ryan and Marissa will, ta- will see each other, really. This, or- until the yeah, or have a prolonged talk on screen. We a- we actually, on screen, only see them say about two sentences to each other. Which is why this episode is called The Disconnect. Yeah, and it's a, it's cool. I like it. Uh, so let's move from there over uh, to Kirsten and Julie. Who have decided to have a business and don't know what kind. Yeah, that is... Insane. Insane to me that they essentially have decided, let's go on business together. And they're sitting around being like, what should our business be? It's something you see in, like, a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Of, of, like, these two, like, schlubby dudes. I'm pretty sure this exact scene happened in Happy Endings, is what yeah, I'm saying. where they decide to make a business Let's together a business. food truck. Oh, no, I think this exact thing happened in uh, New Girl. Probably happened in yes. both, honestly. But I know when for Schmidt sure this was and Schmidt and... Nick sit around and they're like, what are our ideas? Yeah, why, can't, why are we doing a New Girl recap show? Because <laughs> New Girl's not on any streaming services in Canada. That's true. We'd have to buy that it. That is the only reason where we are doing a it's true. cap of it. Anyway, so Kirsten uh, has an idea. She wants to do a bookstore, and we learn that Newport does not have any bookstores. Because Newport doesn't want them. What Newport wants is nude maids <laughs> yeah. who are strippers. Yeah, Ju- well, she- Julie brings up an idea, and I think the worst way an idea has been brought up, where Julie goes, oh, well, you know, these guys hire women coming to clean their houses, and, Mer- and <laughs> Kirsten's like, like a housekeeper? No, no, they're naked. What? So it turns out it's like people hiring just naked women to come in and clean the house, which is something I can understand happening because... People are terrible. Sure. And uh, Kirsten's like, people want this? And Sandy's like, I don't care if they're naked as long as they can clean a house. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny that it sounds like what the, like this goes from the other direction. It is strippers who come in and badly clean a house. <laughs> which is... <laughs> Maybe what people want? Either way, Sandy says you gotta give the people what they want, and he thinks what the people want is affordable housing. But Julie, Julie is a sociopath. 
Julie thinks that people should not have affordable housing because they need to know that being poor is bad. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll have no motivation to be rich. Yeah, if you make a poor person too comfortable, then what's the reason about getting rich? Which is a horrible thing to say and a real thing I have heard people say. And Kirsten does point this out, but, like, Julie lives in a trailer park. Julie is not a nice person, and it's somewhat infuriating the show makes all of her, like, absolute horribleness endearing. I almost felt like in this episode, the writers were like, you know what? We've made Julie too sympathetic over the past couple episodes. (laughs) We need to bring her back to her roots. Which... Which like why? why? Let let your character grow. And and maybe it was maybe back in the heyday of two thousand and five when like it was more palatable because it was the, the thing that, like way back in like the sixties when you have all, all the superheroes were just rich dudes. That's true. Um, when we were like, yeah, the rich are so cool. But I feel like there's a thing going around in twenty nineteen when we're like, this person is untenable. <laughs> And that person is Julie Cooper. Yeah, who do, who do, who thinks that poor people should be uncomfortable because then why? they won't be poor. I, well, it feels like her thing is like, no, they they are poor, so they should be punished. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she's not doing so well at staying rich. So yeah, it is it is it, it is an interesting character choice that makes her untenable. <laughs> Anyway, Kristen and Julie realized that what they should do is what we suggested last week. <laughs> what we thought they were going to do. What we thought the plan was originally. They're going to plan parties. They're going to plan parties, because clearly. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's check up in with those kids, where we learned that it's not going to be a storyline, really. <laughs> the SATs have already went by. They happened. Yeah. Summer wrote hers late, because she wanted to do something fun on SAT be- weekend. And also, because you can do that. There's lots of times <laughs> to write SATs. Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale who made that a very dramatic plot point this show was just like oh I wrote it later and then looked at the camera into the future and said because you can do that Riverdale, Riverdale. you get to make choices it was a really weird moment to have Rachel Bilson just break character and speak to the future <laughs> but you know it was very apt yeah they yeah, knew yeah good. so you know good job good job uh, anyway, Summer's heading off to update her college file because yeah. she got her SAT results. Yeah. And they ask how she did. And Seth, uh, Seth is like, oh, no, no, Ryan. You can't ask women how they do on tests. I think also... Don't ask people how they do, do on tests. tests. They will offer it. Well, Summer was not going to offer it because she knows nothing. She doesn't know what, what how good or bad testers are. So she got 2300 Which is better than Seth did. You know, yep. Seth, noted smart guy. Yep, and Seth is upset by it. Summer is indifferent. <laughs> Summer doesn't care. <laughs> Off she goes. Um, I'm going to sort of spoil the, the later of this episode. This episode is about Summer learning to care, and it's really weird. <laughs> it <laughs> is like, super fun to watch. Very sweet, but it's her being like, wait, I can have hopes and dreams? Wait, future that I just talked to? I, I, I can do more than just talk to it? I could be a part of it? <laughs> I will be there to see Riverdale. <laughs> and try to tell them once again. Try to warn the future to change it. Wait, no, wait. Warn the past to change it. I don't know how time works. I'm I'm Summer. 
I really hope that Rachel Bilson appears on Riverdale this season. <laughs> Tells them all that, hey, uh, you know you can do your SATs later. I hope she's a college advisor. Mm, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Roberto. Roberto, we know you listen to this podcast. There's no way you can't. You have to do this. But Rachel Bilson, make her a college advisor. It'll fit into your storyline. Her name can be Winter. It'll be great. Oh, uh, uh. well, no, her name should be Autumn, and then she should appear on another CW show like five years from now, and her name can be Winter. And then ten years from now, I guess Spring, when people have weirder names. Her last, her last name can be Spring. She can be like a like a federal agent, so they always call her by her last name. <laughs> okay, cool. Agent Spring. Yeah, Agent Spring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the future I want to see. But meanwhile, in the present, Marissa is just taking care of Johnny. She tucks Johnny into his couch. He does not care for this. <laughs> well, I wouldn't care for that either. Don't tux. Because she does, like, the, like, push the blanket behind the arms thing. <laughs> it's like, he's sitting on a couch. And, like, I thought he was trying to get her to leave before his mom comes home because his mom is embarrassing. <laughs> But that's not this storyline. It, it, yeah, it's a little column A, a little column B. Anyway, so his mom comes in, and she is she is busy nurse mom. She is trademark busy nurse mom. But she's also lovely, and she's pretty cute. This, well, that's that's busy nurse mom. Yep. That is that is trademark busy nurse mom. Busy nurse mom has her own TV show where she finds love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, definitely Johnny's dad isn't. So, we know he's not around. He, Johnny beat him with a baseball bat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is around, and she is delightful, and she has heard all about Marissa, and hugs her, and... Thinks she's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and we learned that she was able to get Johnny a surgeon, like, one of the best sports sports medicine, like, surgeons uh, in in the area. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are normal. This is the way that the real world works. Yes. I have many friends who have torn their ACLs, Mm -hmm. and we happen to live near Banff. Yes. Which is, like... The best, best sports surgeons, I think, in the world are located there. Because there's just so much skiing. Yeah, Definitely maybe. in Canada. Um, so if you want a good surgeon in a shocking turn of events, yeah, there's month-long wait lists. Ex- especially if you're, once again, not poor, normal. normal. Johnny is normal. Johnny has a normal storyline with a normal wait time. Which means that it's going to, unfortunately, take months. Which does mean he's going. he would miss his, like, going out and doing... His surf thing. His surf thing. Now, also, Johnny, even if you had the surgery next week, <laughs> that's not how healing works. Yeah, you'd be in recovery for a while. But, I mean, we've seen these shows do magical things. He needs to be on Riverdale, Kevin. It's true. He needs to go to the magic hospital. Summer. Uh, send him there. <laughs> where you recover from a gunshot. Just <laughs> like that. Anyway, uh, he's V-sad. Yep. And her, his, the mom does give a very... Uh, a very descriptive thing that unfortunately gives Marissa something to do where she's like, well, you know, because Marissa's like, hey, uh, can't you talk to someone? She's like, no, they only give favors to like friends and donors. And Marissa's like, I know rich people. <laughs> Have I been a friend and donor once? Let me go investigate. Once again, Marissa's, Marissa's storyline should be I'm poor now and it's so weird it's not. And it never has been. It has never been I'm poor now. It has been I'm still rich, just in a different way. I guess she does live in Summer's house. I know, but like and it doesn't feel doesn't feel like that is a slumming it thing. And she still has her car. Like I, I don't understand how she pays I guess the Roberts just like give her an allowance. It's 
it 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 is weird because it feels like Marissa's storyline is not I am I now I am a normal person. It's I am slumming it like tourism. Well, I guess Julie has the I'm a normal person storyline. Yes, line. Julie has the storyline that I thought Marissa would be getting, but Julie was, uh, Marissa, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Goodbye, my daughter. You now have no parents. I am consistently at the house that you visit, but we will never interact. It's true. <laughs> when is the la- when do you think the last time is that Marissa and her mom have talked to each other? The time that her, time that her mom lied to her and said everything was okay. And Marissa knew it wasn't okay, but then did nothing with that information. <laughs> That's, all right, fair enough. Um, so, Summer and Seth meet at school, yep. because this is still the same day, it's all just flowing together, yep. and Summer's like, hey, guess what, Seth? I'm smart. And he's like, yes, in your own way. And she's like, oh, no, 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 in your way. Apparently, if I do good on my final exams, I can get into Brown. Yeah, she 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 talked to Dr. Kim, and apparently she has a lot of aptitude, and that's true, Summer could actually just test well. Summer has always been very smart, too. Yeah, and the, the, she's not book smart, but... Yeah, and the, and the thing is that, like, there is difference between people who test well and people who don't test well mm-hmm. and it's weird saying that those things all don't even overlap in a lot of weird ways because she just could be just really good at retaining information which i can see which tests i i have a no doubt that that's if if someone asks them or a question she can pull it out immediately but if if it's just like an open question she'd be like what Exactly. That's something we can imagine. Uh, now, I, hang on, I do want to take a focus here because remember, did you hear what she said about Mister? What Doctor Kim said to her? Which Doc, one? The thing where Doctor Kim was apparently like, apparently, there's always at least one female student a year who doesn't apply <laughs> themselves because they're two inches because they're but they're smart, but they don't apply themselves because they're two inches into boys and such. Because Doctor Kim is a snitch. That's what. <laughs> Is it like there's no there's no chance this conversation that Dr. Kim had with Summer didn't go the path of Dr. Kim being like, yeah, there was this girl and she was like really smart, but all she was into was Terry and Terry was a jerk. Oh, Dr. Kim. <laughs> I can't. You know, she snitches to students. She snitches to adults. She's got to draw some lines. She's got a gossip problem. Yeah. She might need to go to rehab. But hey, Summer could go to Brown. Which she's very excited about because she found out that you can define your own major. Yeah. <laughs> so Summer is, like, excited about a reasonable school thing that is a good fit for her. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Funny. It's funny that, like, if Summer had given any thought to college at all beyond college, she actually found out that she might like it. Hmm. 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 Hey, young kids, think about that. <laughs> Just ponder. Once again, I, I always want to make it clear, you don't have to go to college there's a lot of shows that come around 2005 and like the early 2000s mm-hmm. that are like, if you don't go to college, your life will be ruined. And that's not necessarily true, but it helps a lot. But, I mean, there's also people who just get jobs immediately. Yeah, and there that's... are a lot of paths you can take, but you should think about what will be a good fit for yeah, you. exactly. And what will bring you joy. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, Seth obviously isn't excited about this. Uh, and we will learn reasons why later. And it's actually kind of cute. Um, but he does explain to her that he's reading a book about, like, existentialism. <laughs> and then Summer's a monster. Summer is wants a, to read it with him. Summer leans against his shoulder and reads the book with him like a monster. Hey, couples, I don't know if you think that's cute. Don't do that. You're a monster. Yeah. Don't uh, Reading is a solo activity. Yeah, don't. It, it's not like watching a movie. You can't just lean over someone's shoulder. Someone is going to be upset in that situation. Me? Uh, <laughs> for my personal space? Yeah, even... Even even if 
you somehow both read at the exact same speed, there's no way that's enjoyable for you two. Everyone's going to get so hot and sweaty. Yeah, it's and gonna, not in a good way. It's going to be terrible. Don't, don't do that. Don't be a monster. So, people doing weird things. For some reason, Sandy and Matt are planning at Sandy's house. Not the office that they... Are usually in. Yeah. Well, that's so that Sandy can uh, tell Kirsten that he's super happy that she's not cooking for once. Well, also so that Ryan can come in and beautiful mind their architecture stuff where he's like, hey, I see you're doing urban planning. Remember when I had a thing about design? I still do. Put a courtyard there. And Sandy's like, oh, what an idea. And Matt's like, internship. I give you an internship. And I don't. It never becomes clear why Matt decided this boy needs an internship. <laughs> because he saw the thing that no one could see. It's a, don't get me wrong. It's a great idea. But uh, but Matt being like, yes, uh, this boy needs an internship. And Sandy, who knows that Ryan once had an interest yeah. in architecture to not. Didn't San- Ryan work at the Newport Group before? Oh, who as knows? As an intern? Who knows? It's worth mentioning that it feels like Sandy should have been the one to offer this job. <laughs> not, not Matt. Not Matt to be like, hey boy, I met for the first time. You want to be an intern? I don't even know who you are. Do you live in this house? <laughs> You're going to be my best friend now. Really what Matt is doing, hey Ryan, want to be in a storyline? <laughs> you seem bored. Let me give you something interesting to do. Uh... Let's head over to Marissa, who wants to call in a favor with a doctor. And Johnny doesn't want your help. Marissa, this isn't your problem. Stop doing stuff for me. We already talked about this last episode. It the is things worth, that happen are not your fault. It is worth mentioning that in this sp- specific matter, Johnny puts up the least fight he has of any of these things because he does really want it. He wants it, but he wants to, you know. He wants to still be Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. So Summer comes in to pick up Marissa. Yes, because she's been there all day. <laughs> She just skipped school. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she went back to school after her free period. How could she? She uh, has no car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Marissa goes off because Ryan calls. Yeah. And Ryan's calling to tell her that he has an internship and can't Can't have dinner that night. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And then Johnny, like a kidnap victim, <laughs> is like, Summer, Summer, you have to get her out of here. And Summer's like, why? And he's like, she's been here all day. And Summer goes, yeah, Marissa can be clingy. <laughs> no, you don't understand. You, you have to help me. I love her so much and she needs to leave. Oh, yeah. I know that, Johnny. But now they're at his house alone, not in public. With Chili? Chili is a human being. As much as <laughs> I know you don't wish him to be, he is not just a lamp. You can't just make out around Chili. He's not like a dog. I mean, I do like chili. Do you like chili as well? You know, I always spell his name like the food, and I'm sure that's not how I'm supposed to I spell, spell it. I, I'm spelling it like the um, weather, like it's chili. <laughs> that's why I figure. Anyway, uh, Johnny's got a lot of feels. Summer, try, the next day, the next morning, Summer tries her darndest to help Johnny. Yeah, to, to try to dissuade uh, Marissa. Like, hey, maybe don't hang out. Johnny's fine. He'll be fine. You don't need to, like... Marissa's response, though, is, I have to. He doesn't have anyone other than his mom, who who is is, nice. And who is actually a nurse. And I'm like, what a weird thing for this teenager to say. He doesn't have anyone. I mean, I guess he has his mom. But no, she doesn't count. Well, I'm just like, she just seems to have a lot going on. And I'm like, yes, being an adult. (laughs) 
Yeah. Taking care of her child, Marissa. That's something she has well, the, going the, on. But the problem is that Marissa's only, like, point of reference is Julie. That's true. Who never has anything going on, even when she's the CEO of a company. And Marissa does seem to think the only way you can take care of Johnny is to be, be there, there all, all the time. time. Yeah. Um, I want to take a moment here to do something that we do uh, occasionally episodes, which is, hey, what's Summer wearing? Summer is wearing smart girl clothes. <laughs> She's in an outfit. <laughs> she definitely put on a pencil skirt and a black, and like, and like, this is all kind of dull colors. So you, you definitely was like, now what would a smart person wear? <laughs> what does Taylor Townsend wear? But I'll make it cuter. Well, Taylor Townsend wears colors. This is just like, <laughs> Taylor Townsend doesn't wear this. She watched... She watched the beginning of Single White Female and did not finish it. <laughs> oh, Summer. Um, Summer does agree, though, to talk to her dad. Yes. About... Because her dad, as we remember, is a plastic surgeon. Yeah, exactly. So, good. Using connections. Uh, we have a quick scene between the boys where Seth sort of tests uh, Ryan to figure out if Marissa is upset with him. And Ryan's like, this is not a thing, Seth. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of seth Sething. Uh, and to try to stop him from Sething, Ryan's like, all right, Seth, stop Sething. And Seth's like, but what if I do? Yeah, I need to be, I, I need to be better than Summer. And Ryan's like, stop, stop, stop. Seth, it's not a storyline. Ryan, Ryan's relationship with Seth for the past, like, this entire season is just being like, Seth, stop, stop. Buddy, come down to my level. I'm cool. Just be chill. We need to get you a boat, Seth. You need a boat. Seth does need a boat. He does need a boat. He's become distinctly crazier since he got rid of his boat. <laughs> all right, let's check in on these adults doing some business. Julie just wants to have a fancy lunch. Julie just wants to have a fancy life. She doesn't want to put in any work and have a fancy life. She says she's tired of ramen. And I want to point out the response Kirsten gives is, if we do this, you'll never have to boil your food again. And, well, in retrospect, I think she is implying that Julie won't have to cook again. But that also makes me think that Kirsten doesn't know how food works still. <laughs> Kirsten distinctly does not know how food works. Like, you, there's more than just ramen you have to boil. There's a lot of good foods that you boil. Also, what Julie and Kirsten don't know, because they're not Summer who can talk to the future, yeah. is soon they're all going to be eating ramen. Yeah. Expensive, expensive ramen. Expensive, expensive ramen. Anyway, well, Kirsten is aggressively planning. Kirsten is Kirstening all over this business. And despite the fact that Julie was the CEO of a company for a while, she can handle this. She wants to just order food, but instead is like, no, I'll look at these spreadsheets. Then as soon as Kirsten leaves, uh, man. <laughs> just man. Dude, dude. A, a real Jimmy Cooper, but with chill type shows yeah, up. A, a real financial bro yeah. um, sees her and is like, hey, your friend you, your friend has left you alone for a second and left all their stuff here. But they're clearly gone. Come to the bar and have a drink with me. I can't. My friend's an alcoholic and I'm in a business. <laughs> and he's like, ooh, business. So Kirsten returns and it really looks like they're flirting. And Kirsten does not like it. Well, and she's like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> so she kindly interrupts. But it turns out that this guy, who we will learn's name is Jeff, because of course it is. Of course his name is Jeff. With a J, I bet. I bet it's, I bet it's the, the, that one. I yeah. bet it's that one. Um, well, he hired them. Uh, and he <laughs> they've already decided on a budget, which is an immediate red flag for me. $5,000. Yeah. Which he tells Kirsten. <laughs> which he tells Kirsten. And... He's real proud. Yeah, he's... A, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, pay $5,000 for a dinner party I'm having next week. Shockingly, I needed event planners for it. Which, unfortunately, as is always with these shows, gives us a timeline. Which means everything else here happens over a week, which is an ins- which is not a insanely short amount of time. Is an insanely long amount of time. It's not a lot that happens within this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like real life. Ooh. All right. Well, Summer and well, that's going on. Summer and Seth go to a brown event. And first, some girls kind of suggest that Summer is dumb. Yeah. Summer gets some shade thrown at her. But then Seth learns that Summer, now Summer has dreams. And she's going to pursue those dreams because she is not doing this to be with Seth. She is doing this because dreams. Yeah. Um, Summer also does not know a lot of facts about women progress but that's but still the spirit is there and that's what's important and she wants to do good she wants to do good uh and uh seth sets at her and summer's like well i see you're not supportive now i'm going to go summer at this event <laughs> yeah you might yeah i might not be good at math and knowing no things. things which is the entire opposite of what this entire storyline is the point is that you are good at those but it's okay summer you're just grappling with your new reality all right, let's check in on Ryan. He's having intern work with Matt. Matt has a lot on his mind, Kevin. You see, Matt has moved here from Chicago to join this deeply failing business with Sandy. He has given up everything. And then he proposed to his girlfriend in Cabo, and then <laughs> she dumped him. And not to take her side, because I don't know the situation, he doesn't seem stellar when he's like, hey, Honey, you know how I have a job that's, like, secure and all those things? There's a company, and it is so bankrupt. It is so terribly bankrupt. And I know we live in Illinois, but I think I'm going to move to California on a whim to work at this bankrupt company. I met him for ten minutes. And he inspired me. (laughs) And he's stellar. Um, I did not realize that Matt was not from the area, because he called him in. He seemed to be from the area, I thought. But as it turns out, Matt is not, which <laughs> means Matt puts so much faith in Sandy. And I mean, if it's one percent faith in it is Sandy. It is Sandy. It is Sandy. But Matt does not truly understand Sandy, for he will not tell Sandy that he is sad. And I like that Ryan does understand Sandy and is like, hey, all this deeply deep personal stuff, have you told Sandy? And Matt's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do the work. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't want to let him down just because, like, you know, I... And Ryan's like, you should absolutely tell him. One thing Sandy likes, emotions. Well, unfortunately, before emotions can happen, stakes have to happen. Because in comes Sandy and turns out there's some legislation that might be going through that could change this entire project. Can I say that the storyline is weird? Um... No, I can. I no, mean, I the, can see the it. legislation I understand, but the fact that they only just found out about it and are expected by tomorrow. Yeah, I. I it's yeah. It, it essentially it shows. I think it's just a collision of bad events. Is the idea of putting at it because they just found out with the legislation. It's not like it's coming through soon. The idea is that they just heard about it, but they're meeting with investors tomorrow. Though it did sound like the investors also heard about it and are forcing a meeting tomorrow. Yeah, um, which may- makes it just. This is like parting the curtain. The investors end up being very upset. Yeah. That they have not considered all of the implications of the legislation. There's a a lot of convoluted moments here that I think they essentially just had to speed through to be like, here are the stakes. It's really important. I just, I wish they had come up with something better. Yeah. Oh, wait. Maybe this is my CW moment. (laughs) So, Matt... 
uh, is given a job where he needs to figure out two plans. One of the legislation does not go through, and one if it does. And Ryan's like, that seems <laughs> you're, like You're going to get lot. overwhelmed, Matt. You're going to get overwhelmed. Matt's so, like, I won't get overwhelmed. Sandy, he's going to get overwhelmed. And Sandy's like, sorry, buddy. We can't move the meeting. It's <laughs> happening on a Saturday. You know, tomorrow. A Saturday. There's this one great shot. Uh, well, yeah, that's when they talk about, like, they must have forced this meeting so they could meet on a Saturday. Yeah. It's, These it's investors weird. seem super weird. Um, anyway, uh, this sorry, uh, there's a shot there where you see see Ryan's face as he realizes I'm in a plot line. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. In I just plot wanted lines. I just wanted a job. Now I'm in a plot line. Guys, I just wanted to be an architect. Now I'm a business boy. Well, well, he's doing business. The brown guy comes in. <laughs> brown guy. That's not what I mean. <laughs> the guy from Brown. <sighs> the the guy from Brown comes in and to let everyone know there to begin this 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 hey oh, we want the best of the best to come to our school by the way only one usually only one person from Harbor comes in which is a weird opener in all of the programs at Brown one kid from this highly prestigious school gets in now i think that really i think i think he's telling the truth but i think that's because harbor is across the country i also think because harbor only has like 30 kids in their graduating class yeah that's the only thing i can imagine that he says that but mostly it's just because of lack of interest and lack of bodies yeah if he was from the ucla probably so many more anyway but when they go and talk to him which obviously now it's summer and uh seth competing he uh, this uh, i know this is how schools work but i just hate it because what he says to them is when they're talking about like how can we get into school he says ah oh, well we want like you know leaders and a hook and the example he gives is say the cellist in the string quartet is graduating and you're a cellist i'm like oh cool so you got into school because you lucked out that a person who has your who is your exact same skill set and they just want you for your cellist abilities screw university because that's how you get into university that's how you get to university you you are you hey, you th- fill a hole at the school yeah that school had a hole and you filled it and you are not a person nor anything else you are just a a shape to be slot into a hole how convenient how convenient um, um children who are listening to this you know our teen listeners yeah it's not how university works. You are a person, and your achievements do matter. Yeah, I, I, though once again, I do know that there, that of course the there are in the college system, university system, things like that. It, I, I hope because I don't know a lot about it. You know more because you actually work at a university. Uh, we're um, Canadian. Yeah, that's the thing. It's different. We're Canadian, and I feel I feel like when I applied for all of my universities, I was applying based on the stuff I did in high school. On high school, not on the hope that I would fill a slot that could randomly happen. Well, and like currently at our med school, we have a um, and this is like not telling stories. You can Google this. Like we have a, a former Olympic athlete who's in our class. When she graduates, we will not be looking for another former Olympic athlete to fill her slot. We don't have like an Olympic athlete criteria. <laughs> say you're an, say we have an Olympic athlete who graduates and you're an Olympic athlete. We'll just slot you right in because this school needs to stay the same. We are running a kind of Truman Show situation. And if anything changes in the show, it will ru- ruin the entire thing. You know, we're running out of Olympic athletes. We're going to have to import some from, like, England. We're going to have to import some Olympic athletes from England because nothing can change at these schools. 
well, hey, let's move from there over to Marissa, who learns that she gets the, they got the surgery for next week, which I which think is crazy, and also should imply that it's happening at the same time as at dinner. There's some temporal nonsense that happens here. Or when the guy said next week, it was Sunday, and he meant Tuesday. Well, I thought he said he was doing it next Saturday. But I, this is Friday, I so Saturday is tomorrow. Don't know. <laughs> they made a terrible mistake. Also, I don't know that Johnny is necessarily getting the surgery. It might just be a, a consultation. consultation. Anyway, Mom is excited and invites her to stay for dinner. And then Johnny's like, no, she has to hang out with her boyfriend. You know, her boyfriend, Ryan. <laughs> and then her mom makes a very panicked and weird call, which is, invite your boyfriend over. Everyone can hang out. <laughs> which, which is funny to see a grown adult do the, do the <laughs> yeah, invite your boyfriend over call. She's like, oh, no, I misstepped. <laughs> but really, Johnny, you told your mom everything about Marissa and you didn't mention. Well, I mean, that's a sign. That's a sign. Uh, he just happens to call, and he is thrilled to come. He just has to finish his thing with Matt. And Which Aaron, he then discovers. Yeah, I'm just going to say this in very clear, uh, clear and no uncertain terms. Matt takes her on to a strip club. Matt takes a teenage boy who cannot legally enter a drinking establishment to a strip club. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this week, what made you happy? Um, this week, I have been doing a lot of school stuff, which I, audience, it's only been three weeks. I promise I'm not going to talk about school all the time. <laughs> it's a master's program. Eventually, I'm going to get bored of it, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I took a break from writing essays to be a surprise wedding date Ooh. to my friend Claire. To a not-surprise wedding. <laughs> to a not-surprise wedding. She knew the wedding was very, happening. Very clearly, it's it's not a surprise wedding date. It's a surprise wedding date. And I showed up, and they were like, you're not Dave. And I was like, no, but I am the same height. <laughs> so, let's do this. My name has the same amount of letters. <laughs> Let me tell you all the comparisons between me and this other guy. Uh, one, I am not a guy, but, uh, two, our names, I said, the first thing I said was not a comparison. I'm very bad at this. I am already drunk. Pre-gaming for weddings. Yay. The groom was like, <laughs> I think I've met you before. And I was like, I think I've met you before too. And the bride was like, hello, <laughs> I'm the bride. I wish your response was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend I'm Dave. I wish you really came in and crashed that wedding, not with like malice, but with indifference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told her and I was like, I'm her date. And they're like, you're not Dave. And I was like, I know. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I could be. <laughs> Don't make assumptions. None of you have ever met him. It is short for Davitha. <laughs> I think I did tell a couple people that. Nice. Anyway, it was so much fun. I got to dance. My shoes came off like as soon as the dance started. And we danced so long that my Fitbit registered two aerobic exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I burned like... It just, it just popped up and said, ah, surprise wedding dance. <laughs> yes. I was like, hmm, an hour and a half of aerobic exercise. Good work. It seems you went to a surprise wedding. <laughs> Technology. So uh, that was me. What about you? What brought you joy this week? Um, well, I've been uh, working on a uh, thing that I won't talk too much about, though it's pretty open about it. But I've been filming a lot of locations around Calgary, particularly historic locations. Ooh. Um, 
and I'm just going to tell the story of one of them because it's actually pretty pretty awesome. And I'm sure it's less um, anarchic than I will make it sound. <laughs> we went to a place called Reader's Rock Garden. Uh, you might have seen it as you drove by, Aaron, because it's very close to Union Cemetery, and I thought it was part of Union Cemetery. Oh. Turns out, Reader Rock Garden, like if you're going up near the Stampede Grounds, yeah. turns out it's its own thing. It's like this big, it's like a, it's like this garden area. And the story behind it is, I want to say Edgar? I'm not going to say his first thing because I don't know what it is. Mr. Reader mm. came over here from England in like 1930-something. Okay. And saw this land that was pretty barren there and said, I'm going to put a bunch of plants here. <laughs> and then just like took any random plant he could find. Like he imported seeds and just shoved them in the ground being like, will it grow? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, who, who can tell what's going to happen here? So he's like, here's a fur tree. <laughs> and here's some like creeping. He, he would take invasive plants and plant them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's the one place in Calgary that's allowed to plant invasive plants. They just have to um, clip them. So right. They don't, so they don't go out of the so garden. Yes. Yeah, so they don't become actually invasive. Um, but, like, so everyone else at the time was doing, like, Victorian gardens where they're all regimented, like, well, this is the area the peonies are, and here are the daffodils. And he was just like, yes, cram it together. Who knows what's going to happen? He's like, ha-ha, plant life. <laughs> yeah, he was just a madman who looked at a land with no life on it and said, I'll do this. I'll do it so good. I'll give you life. There's so many, like, subtle things. Like, like there was, like, a garden for his wife called Nana's Garden that children were not allowed to enter. <laughs> Because his wife hated that's, children. That's Nana's garden. <laughs> for her, it's for her time. <laughs> also, plants filled plants there, and the thing is, there's so many plants there that people had legends about plants that might be in there because they did not know <laughs> what plants were in there. Uh, that's pretty cool. He built a swing for it. So the, the the side that's facing 25th Ave is just a sheer cliff, essentially over the street. Yeah. He built a swing for his kids that just swung over a sheer cliff i think he just hated children he does seem to well he seemed well it could be also he's just like survival of the fittest i put these plants down the ones that survive survived if you survive this swing you gotta be an adult and really should that be every kid's goal yeah one day adulthood one day adulthood i love this the idea of this anarchic gardener who just came in and was like screw it gonna plant some plants so what they're doing right now is they're um, essentially like replanting. They're trying to keep, keep it the way it was when he was doing it. Right. So they're planting and all these things and keeping up with them. And there's a lot of places, a lot of parts there where there are plants that don't exist anywhere else in the city because he just got seeds. And just threw stuff places. He told people to bring rocks there. He's like, bring a rock when you come and put a rock down. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to do in a place that's mostly a garden. But sure, yeah. Yeah, plants and rocks. You want rocks. <laughs> that's so cool yeah and I, i've never heard of it before i mean i've seen what's go by i just always assumed it was it a was, part of this yeah but they have like a cafe there there's weddings there there's they did huh. there they like it's a big tour that they were doing of this person going through and pointing out all the different plants there were maybe one day i'll have a surprise wedding and it will be there <laughs> yeah <laughs> plants surprise <laughs> so. so we are at a strip club and ryan <laughs> doesn't know what to look at, what to say. Yeah, so Matt, I can't get a handle on Matt for one. He says he like he needs a distraction, and then this this uh, stripper woman comes up and says you know there's the champagne room. As like he, it, clearly, it's said that he's a regular here, even though I think he's lived in town for, for like, like a couple weeks. But you know, every day. Anyway, uh... and then he pays for a lap dance for Ryan, which is horrifying, and Ryan does not like it. I want to point out that that. Uh, 
cool, sexy cop shipper who comes out. Her sexy, like, shipper name is Sibowitz. <laughs> it's awesome. Officer Sibowitz. And I'm like... What a sexy name. Not, not like Chastity or Charity or Cherry or some other ch name. No, nope. Sibowitz. And Ryan doesn't know what to do because she insists the dance was paid for. And he's too polite to say... <laughs> He, Please don't. He pretty much just dead fishes like, ah, oh, no. And he keeps on being like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right, we do glance over quickly where the Coens are having dinner and we learn more about Seth and Summer, have the contest. Yeah. The main thing I think we get out of it, and I, you can disagree if you'd like, is that Kirsten is cooking. cooking. She's cooking all the food for the dinner party. Dinner party. Which is a weird flex. Well, she's into cooking now, I guess. Um. Also, Seth is a pirate. <laughs> And uh, well, this is going on. Essentially, Marissa is spending more time with uh, with Johnny because she was supposed to hang out with Ryan. He was supposed to come for dinner, but he got trapped in a lap dance, and he can't get to his phone to tell her that he's going to be tied up because the strip. Yeah. This is the longest lap dance. <laughs> it's been going on for like two hours. Also, it doesn't look like she. It, look, it kind of just looks like she's lying on top of him, and like neither of them are really moving all that much. <laughs> Literally, this. <laughs> This woman came out, lied, laid on top of him, and was like, all right, is this sexy for you? And then refused to give him his phone. Do you like this? Is this good for you? (laughs) (sighs) Um, But Marissa's calling him because it's a dark house. I assume the mom went off to work, um, and Johnny is asleep. And it's a funny thing to see in in a show that's about, like, you know, kids and love and drama to watch two people try desperately not to be a couple (laughs) it's true because with johnny doing his whole kidnapped you gotta get her out of here thing and every time johnny falls on her shoulder she just like takes one finger and pushes his head back up now i'm i mean i guess it makes sense that she's calling ryan and being like hey i thought you were coming it's pretty late yeah but like also this storyline is very the tone is just I, very weird. It, I, 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 I really like this parallel. I don't much. I feel like the side with Marissa and Johnny could have been written a lot better. But like, essentially, this goes on, and Ryan finally calls Marissa back. But now they're both asleep. Oh no! Oh no! Which means next morning, while Summer is breaking out her tuba, <laughs> uh, Summer is able to lecture Marissa for sleeping at Johnny's house. Yeah, for coming home. Uh, just so early in the morning, right before she should be getting to school, I, I suppose. I thought this was, this is Saturday. Because this is the day of the presentation. No. Which is a Saturday. Mm, summer goes to school is the thing. And but also, it's a, it's clearly a Saturday. You're right, it is a Saturday. So um, I guess they must just be clubs are going on at the yeah, school. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes okay. rehearsals happen on weekends. All right, so she says she's getting a tuba, and that is like a setup for something later. But really, Business Ryan comes in. And Business Ryan is full of business and also does not want to tell Marissa I he's love, at his strip I club. I love this scene between two people. I guess this is not the last time they talk. They do talk in this scene, but they don't really talk. It's in- like a line. He comes, he's like, hey... Sorry, I didn't well, come well, what's last it, what's night. It? It's two these two people who do not want to tell each other what happened the night before, so they're just sort of like, "Hey, how was last night? Cool, you? Yeah, cool." And then they awkwardly hug. And then Ryan's like, "Gotta go be business, Ryan." So they don't really talk. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, he has to get there, but while he is there, Matt is MIA. Matt is not answering his phone. Oh no. But he does come in. He's real haggard. He he has a lot of stubble for 
one night. Yeah, he may have not been shaving for days. <laughs> and it just came in now. But uh, he's like, oh, it's fine. I got it under control. I, can, I know these guys. I can do anything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> And Ryan's like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm in a storyline. <laughs> well, I mean, Matt, he, he gives his pitch and it seems to be going well for a while. Unfortunately, these investors are like, hey. Uh, you need to give me specific numbers of exactly what will happen if the legislator goes, legislature goes yeah. through. A thing no one can know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that it's hard to tell when the legislation is just this vague broad, rumor, vague idea. Hey, uh, as something that's you know something going through the city right now, it's hard to predict numbers, and anyone who says that they can accurately predict numbers is lying to you. But these investors are so horrified by Matt's inability to read the future that they walk out. Yep, uh, and Sandy, of course, knows not. It's not Matt who I have to talk to. I have to break Ryan, which he does. Immediately by saying, hello, son, please tell me everything. <laughs> right, for now, I'm the dad, you're this role play. I'm the dad, you're the son. <laughs> What's going on, Ryan? Meanwhile, some fun extracurricular hijinks. <laughs> Summer literally just slides into the band like they'll not notice. Where did she get that outfit from? Where did she get that tuba from? from? Well, she says she she had, she had played tuba oh, when she was young. Right. She went to band camp. Um, it, the thing is... Just, hang on, just to be clear. She definitely knocked out a band student and stole all their clothes, right? Yeah, yeah like grade nine. Yeah, it, it's like Hitman, where she just snuck up behind them, knocked them out, took their clothes, and slid into line like no one would notice. But to what end, Summer? You don't have to actually be in the band. Your resume needs to say you're in the band. <laughs> so you just sneakily joining the band she's, is not going to help she's you. She's playing the long con. She's going to enter the band, and then she's going to go up to... Like, the band was like, hey, I noticed that it doesn't say on my transcript that I was in the band. They're like, are you in the band? I'm wearing the outfit. That's fair. It's sort of like, uh, <laughs> what's his name? That uh, director, Spielberg, just going into an office and sitting in the office and people being like, oh, you clearly work here. Do stuff. Obviously. And then doing stuff until he worked there. <laughs> well, she's doing that. Turns out Seth has his own plan. Which is to be the mascot. But the school already has a mascot. He has decided a pirate is better. And he's going to bully the head cheerleader? Yep. <laughs> yep. Into letting him be his own mascot. Because that's how that works. So then like, we get a conflict between Summer and Seth. What we mostly get out of it is that Seth is upset because he had one thing on Summer. One thing he was good at. Yeah, one thing that he was, which is that he was a smart kid. <sighs> so many reveals. Yeah. This storyline's taking so many twists and turns. Well, this isn't really a, a twist or a turn. It's a logical consequence of events. Uh, Johnny falls in the kitchen. He breaks a glass. <laughs> jo Johnny, jo Johnny, I don't need your help. Harper? Um, oh, maybe? Like, yeah, be Harper. Anyway, uh... Johnny, I don't need your help, falls in the kitchen. But fortunately, Marissa, come, Mar Marissa, the hover, the helicopter mom. Was outside his door. What? I heard something. I was I was just in the, I was walking by your house and I just heard a smash. I what definitely wasn't going to come in. Let me carry you. I'm here. I'm she, here. She lifts him off the ground like a mom lifting a car off a baby. She's like, where are your painkillers? You need them. All right. You know who we haven't seen in a while that we need to check in with? Jeff. Jeff. So Jeff introduces the women to his house. Oh, this is Saturday. This is the same day. Yeah, but he said next week, which was so weird. 
I'm so confused. Anyway, so Jeff introduces the women to his house. <laughs> Not his guests, because uh, he got no guests. Oh, yeah. It turns out all of this was to have dinner with Julie. He paid $5,000 for to hang out with Julie. Hang out with Julie Cooper. He definitely does not know Julie Cooper. I want to I want to point out that they constantly make let us know that like oh Julie she'll never be welcome back in society everyone knows about her clearly they don't this Jeff man has no idea <laughs> yeah and Jeff is a man who can drop five thousand dollars to get a girl to go on a date with him let let all of us in this world have the confidence of this atrocious man <laughs> to see a woman and be like oh she has a business I'll hire her business. Then like she, it's a play thing. It's literally. It is. It is. It's this, like the plot of a Shakespearean comedy, or or the or the subject of a really funny post on Reddit about just a <laughs> monstrous dude. This this is the equivalent of a guy essentially ordering pizza from a pizza place just so he can keep on talking to the delivery girl. Oh, Jeff! It is. It is so disturbing. It but is. It, a... But you know, you know who likes disturbing. Julie. <laughs> yeah, she's like, wait a second. You have money? Wait. Interest? And dollars? Julie's staying. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have many more things to say. This is just, it's yeah. a thing. Well, Matt, in his moment of need, has goes, returned to the strip club. Returned to the strip club. But Ryan has indeed snitched on, uh, on Matt. So Sandy comes charging in. And Sandy's like, look, Matt, I can forgive you for going to a strip club instead of doing work. I can forgive you for bringing a 17-year-old to a, to a strip club. What I cannot forgive you for is lying to me. I don't know if he says he can't forgive the things. I think he just says, those are all bad. This is the worst. And uh, so, so he, he, he fires that, Matt. And then there is a shot that confused me for the next scene of the nice stripper lady that Matt talked to when he first got in there. Watching this? Just watching this. And I'm like... Why is there a shot of her? Turns out there's a twist coming in this episode. But first, not a twist. Johnny is high on painkillers and he tells Marissa he loves her. Yeah, the only way they could get that out of him was to have him so... They did, they did the drunk confession thing, but because Johnny's a good kid, he's just on so many painkillers. Set the barges into the pool house. He rapid fire asks Ryan about all of Ryan's issues. Yeah, and Ryan's a, like, a rush through Ryan's problems. I don't want to talk about my problems. And Seth's like, cool, because I want to talk about mine. And this is when this show does such a good job of setting up a situation that you could definitely see going like, like terribly. If you're like, this show is badly written, it's going to do a really weird lesson. But what we learn here actually is that the reason Seth is upset is not kind of some weird like machismo thing. It's because. The, he thinks the only thing Summer likes about him is that he is smart. And if Summer is also smart, then what can he give to her? Especially what is his value? Yeah, especially, cause like Summer, cause especially if Summer's smart and then also funny. And he also has girls who aren't into comic books. <laughs> so that has nothing to do good. And it, it's true. Summer's not into yeah. comic books. But, but Ryan's like, hey, you know she still likes you. She doesn't want to be you. She wants to be with you. Anyway, we all need to apologize is what we need to do. You, you to your girlfriend and me to my co-dad. First, though, Marissa, I guess, does uh, not have her own bedroom? In a parallel... Con I think we I thought we knew that before. She definitely sleeps in Summer's bedroom. Because she's scared. No, because... No, she says she sleeps in Summer's room because she's scared. 
I mean, here's the thing. I think that's wrong. I think she just always sleeps in Summer's room. No, she said because of her nightmares. I, I think, no, I think the concept there is supposed to be that when she says, I thought sleeping with you would, would like, deal with the nightmares, it's not that she wasn't doing it before. I think it's that she says, like, I hope that, like, those would tie together. Because mm. I thought it was very clear that she and Summer share a room, considering how they kept doing makeup together and dressing together. And Marissa would always come home and flop onto Summer's bed, and Summer would go, where were you? Because Marissa secretly lives in Summer's house. Yeah. <laughs> There's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way anyone knows that she's there. So anyway, Johnny's been calling. Summer tells Marissa not to answer. Marissa's like, I have to. He didn't mean that he loves me. He was just on painkillers. <laughs> We're like, no, no, he very clearly does. I told you this before. Like, <laughs> And he has now confirmed it to me with his words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the, so... the decision that Summer comes to was like, maybe some time apart would be good. Probably for the best. Maybe uh, don't live in his house. <laughs> Yeah, stop stop helicoptering. He has a mom. <laughs> you his, don't have a mom. He has a mom. Let his mom mom him. Uh, well, Ryan, I'm just going to spend some time filling Sandy in about, like, uh, Matt broke up with his girlfriend. He's going through a hard time and all these things. And Sandy's like, oh, my God. But it turns out he didn't need to fill him in because there's someone else who's going to fill him in. That nice stripper arrives at the place because it turns out she's a character. So... She is actually Matt's friend from college who is stripping to work her way through law school. She has such an insane story compared to some of the one compared to Jeff. <laughs> and uh, Matt comes there not for stripping, but to talk about his emotions. Yep. And pay her for that. And also turns out that she is the one who put Matt in contact with the investors, which kind of makes sense why they were so weird. Is because they is because they didn't actually want to meet with Sandy. <laughs> because the, the stripper they go to said, "By the way, you better meet with my friend's company. It's failing." <laughs> Well, I, mean, I think the idea that she might have done is that she knew when they were coming and told Matt to essentially stalk outside and catch <laughs> him on the way out. But there, now she's going to threaten them. There's a backstory there that I wish we could have seen. Yeah, it's this is nuts. All right, well, let's get through these apologies because there's just going to be a sequence of apologies of varying degrees of goodness. Summer and Seth, they both try to go see each other and wind up running into each other on her front step. Yep. The, and they're just two wonderful people who both... I was reminded of the the scene from the last episode where Summer was like, he's going to meet a smart girl who's better for him. That These are two wonderful people who both think each other person is the greatest person in the world and why should they be with me? Um, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah. So they decide we're going to go to Brown together because they said usually, and I think that's just based on interest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next apology... Sandy storms in to dad at Matt. Yeah, he, he says something where he thinks, like, Matt kind of wanted to get fired, which might have been true because Matt probably was going through some rough stuff and weird things happen when you're stressed out mm -hmm. like that. And, he, and it's the idea of being like, every I'm too stressed out. I want to destroy everything. Burn everything to the ground and start fresh. Because it's easier to, de to just lose everything than it is to, like, work through stuff. Accurate. And then he unfires him and because... gives him one last chance. Because that's what Sandy does. Yep. Um, so Julie shows up at Kirsten's house to be like, I'm sorry I ditched our business for a date. <laughs> it turns out that it turns out he was boring and... And awful. And, uh, and uh, Yeah, it turns out this guy was not a great person. 
And Kirsten's like, well, I'm glad you learned a lesson. The, the, the line that Kirsten left on was when Julie says, are you hungry? And he says, no. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy didn't turn out to be a great guy who, who effectively paid for a prostitute. Let's be clear. He, he met a woman who was not a prostitute and essentially turned her into one. Turned her into one. And nothing wrong with prostitution, but you should know you're doing it. And you should make a choice. You should make a choice. Well, speaking of choices, Julie says, Ah, imagine paying $5,000 just so a woman will have a conversation with you. And Kirsten goes, It's our business. And then Julie says what I thought, which is high-class call girls. What I thought was they were going to make one of those Japanese hostess clubs where literally it's just women, like, talking with guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a phone line. Yeah. But no, Kirsten takes a few extra steps and says they're going to create that dating service you've all seen. The one for like very rich people. Rhea. Uh, I was going to a different one. I was going to a different one. It's like. Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Um, this is 2005. And I kind of wish they were like, it's going to be a service. It's going to be a service where people can get an, get like, like like a call on a phone and they can hear people and they can choose yes or no. <laughs> We'll call it lighter. <laughs> um, in the final round, well, the second final round of apologies. Yes. Johnny gets his mom to drive him to Mar- Summer's house. Yeah. So that he can be like, hey, you keep ignoring my phone calls, but I need to apologize for hi telling you that I love you. However, I do love you. But I want to be friends. And Marissa's like, there's so much to unpack in this conversation, Johnny. I need, like, a week. I, I need, like, five minutes. Yeah. Give me some time here. And he's like, hmm. All right, let's get into that final montage where we've got Seth and Summer, and they're preparing to go to Brown together, and it's actually very cute. It's like a sad and hopeful montage. Uh, Ryan and Marissa are very clearly driving to each other's houses because they're so bad at this. And they arrive. At each other's houses. <laughs> at each other's houses. The ones again, Ryan arrives at Summer's house and somehow gets inside. You know, her stepmom just passed out. That's true. He just walked in. That's true. And he sits in Summer's room and he holds Princess Sparkle. <laughs> then he calls Marissa and she's like, hey, I was just about to call you. And then these sweet kids decide that they should finally try to talk. Yeah. And Ryan's thing is actually very easy to get over. He's like, uh, <laughs> Ryan's thing is very easy to explain. So you remember Matt, cool dude, going through some stuff, brought me to a strip club. I got trapped in what I think was a lap dance. But Marissa, it was like two hours long and she just laid there. <laughs> she just laid on top of me and asked me if I liked it and I did not. And I told her repeatedly she did not move. I, I didn't know what to do, Marissa. I thought she might have been having a seizure and like, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, meanwhile, Marissa has to tell him more and now, we don't get to see the fallout. Now, do you believe, Aaron, that Marissa explains this situation terribly? She keeps saying, and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, it, it, like, the actual situation itself is, don't get me wrong, very complicated and all that. But the situation is that Johnny has feelings for Marissa, but he also has repeatedly and in, and increasingly insisted... Not, I'm not going to act on And them. not only that, he does not want her around. Yeah. He does not want the chance to do it. He... So, like, literally, no one has anything to worry about as long as Marissa... Stops being Marissa? (laughs) As long as Marissa stops helicopter-mumming him. Yeah, and 
and like, don't get me wrong, that's a very complicated situation, and that's a very deep thing, but I cannot imagine from what I just saw Marissa start saying to Ryan that she explained well, because she started out with, with being like, I was at I was at Johnny's, and we were supposed to come over for the dinner, but instead, like, I fell asleep at his place. Nothing happened, Nothing we were happened. just really tired, but then the next then, day. And then it cuts out, I'm like, there's no way she explained this well. Well, you know, she's 17. Yeah, I feel like she said, well, you know, it fell asleep at his house, and the next day he told me he loved me and made no indication at all anything else that he did. <laughs> Which is that, yeah. he, that he's like, I love you, but no, never, no. No, Marissa, I'm so sorry. I really want to be your friend because I like you like that, and I don't want to go out with you, but but I'm a teen with with crazy hormones. They just control me, Marissa, but I will control them. Yeah, and that happens. Hormones are crazy. Yeah, sometimes you love people and you don't need to love them and you don't want to love them. Yeah. And you just have to ignore it and, and eventually you don't. And here's the thing. He'll get over it. He will. That's the thing. He's 17. He's 17. He'll meet another girl, another cool surfer girl and start dating her and it'll be fine. Maybe he'll meet a girl who doesn't think his favorite thing is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> That's true. I really hope the conclusion to this entire thing is that marissa keeps increasingly worried it's going to be a thing then johnny gets a new girlfriend you know the show well you the, know the show might do it the, johnny has been such a weird character for them because he has not come off skeezy he no? has not he has come off he was like initial zach before they did all the weird stuff to when zach. they made zach so dumb when they made zach so dumb and gave him and gave him the jealousy which he didn't even have when he was dating Summer. Yeah, it was like there was a second half of the season writing team that only read like some vague plot descriptions of the first half. I know how teen stuff goes. Don't worry, Zach. You say mm. <laughs> this boy Tony put some jealousy in there. So I would, I think that would be great. And I also hope they don't leave. They end it with him just being like, and he leaves town forever. I don't imagine he's going to make it through the season. But, no, but it, I mean, it would be okay though if he did just recover starts, too quickly from his surgery and went a surfing, surf off into surf the sunset. Boy. But I hope that they don't don't. I don't want them to incite a conflict between him and Ryan. I would love if the storyline stayed this weird, almost subdued like tension, and then resolved with the idea of being like, and sometimes you just get beyond it. Yeah. But that brings us to the point where, where we prove all of that wrong, because Aaron, yes, this Karen. episode, did you find yourself your CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic went to what they thought was just a coffee break, but it turns out it was a script club? Script club. You go to script club. <laughs> I go to script club. Whoopi Goldberg goes to script club. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do. I do run a script club. Um, this is like the second Tuesday of every month, and every time I say it to people, I say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to the script club." I seem like a psychopath. It's like over pronouncing pronouncing the word, but you have to. But I have to because people make assumptions. Now, I did find a CW moment, and it is in fact related to the script club Ooh, let's see if we have the same one it is that prostitute oh my gosh no the stripper it is that stripper you th you're still thinking of julie being <laughs> accidentally prostituted inexplicably being the linchpin to matt's entire storyline resolving 
Yeah, it is. It is. It is a weird thing. So remember at the beginning we talked about this episode having like stories going in weird directions. The 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 arc not Matt takes, but his story takes from being like, oh, this is going to be a story about the fact that he needs to learn to like trust Sandy and and like admit to him when he's going through hard things, and then to oh, this is a storyline about Matt being a degenerate, and and then then. And then her just coming in, like that shot of her being like, wait, why are we focusing on her? And then her coming in and being like, oh no, it turns out it is that. About Matt needing to trust Sandy. <laughs> and also being it, degenerate, it, but not that degenerate. It is the speed of the switch from like Matt, from essentially like, because it was essentially one scene, Matt being like, oh, I'm just going through a lot of things, but I don't want Sandy to know him, but I don't worry, I won't let him down. I promise I won't let him da- down. Hey, Ryan, let's go to a strip club. <laughs> Boy, what? Boy who I spontaneously hired. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Mine is the same section, but mine is specifically the fact that what Matt was doing was actually perfectly fine. Effectively, he was going to see a friend, and he just talks about her, and she is essentially someone who listens to him. Because she, I, now that we know he came from Chicago, is his only friend in the city. However, why is he why paying is he so- her thousands of dollars at her script? I don't think he does pay her money. No, he had like. There's no way that sh- they're letting her book the champagne room and uh, not get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably just pay. Uh, who knows? I do not know about it. I do not know. Well, this, this, this is my entire thing. Why is he coming so skeezy about it? She. The only idea I have here is that he decided to bring the kid who he brought along to the ship club, give him a lap dance, and also he doesn't like clue Ryan who he just like, opened up to into any of this he's just sort of like hey uh you know this is my fr-. like he's not like this is my friend and I'm talking to her he's like yeah you do your thing I'm going to the champagne room it's like she comes in with code words yeah it makes no sense when really why, he- why does he have to buy Ryan a lap dance why does he have to bring Ryan why can't he just say like hey buddy I have to get out of here and clear my head yeah you work on this thing I'll be back in two like, hours the outcome is so reasonable that all the his weird skeezes of up that comes up to it makes no sense unless he was trying to get fired <laughs> he's like I'll be a real creep to the boss's kid. The amount of, like, weird subconscious stuff that would have to go on there. Yeah, Matt's brain is insane. Yeah, he is He is a labyrinth of a human being. <laughs> oh, and he's not right. going anywhere because he's unfired. He's unfired and he's still Matt Ramsey. <sighs> well, that is, that is the episode. And <laughs> so I guess now Julie Kirsten has set up a... A dating service, which let's be clear, those people are all going to have sex with each other. And it is going to end with Julie finding a new husband. Yeah, call it a dating service if you want. Like what? Like they're, so they're trying to say a matchmaker service. I guess the I guess if they're calling yeah. it more of a matchmaker service, the idea. It really sounded like they were going for like the path of, as you said, either high class escorts. You know, the ones who like don't have sex with men. Essentially, are just there as arm candy. Yes, or we'll hang out with them for a night. Yeah, um, <laughs> curse to be like no dating. <sighs> it's <laughs> like that call girl that um, Pierce dates on that episode of Community, yeah. where she's like in her fifty or forties, maybe. Yeah, and you know she's a great conversationalist, and yeah. Well, I mean that's 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 like the, the what the the hostess clubs, whatever they are, where it's like you know just Japanese businessmen go in and sing karaoke with attractive women. But uh, that's not nope, nope, what they're, they're doing. doing? The- 
they're doing a da- they're doing a data su- dating service. They're doing one of those services where you have to put in your um, yearly salary to sign up for it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. That means Julie can't be a part of it. <laughs> That's fine. She owns it. She has access to all the records. Oh no! It's gonna get real skeezy, Aaron. Oh no! Oh, you you can you see it now, don't you? I see so many doors opening in front of me, and I don't want them to be open. You, Those doors need to close. There is going to be a scene where where a man signs up for this thing, and Julie's going to be like, "He will be mine," and gets all his information from their files, and then like Julie's. <laughs> But then we're supposed to root for them. Who knows what we're supposed to feel about Julie Cooper? They gave, they gave her the worst line to say. Who knows what we're supposed to feel about Matt, Matt Ramsey, even? Matt Ramsey seems fine. They just gave him a really weird lead-up. They essentially said, like, look at this cool plane I got. Note, the land, the the uh, the takeoff pad is marshmallows. So... <laughs> That's going to be a little bit weird. But. But the takeoff's going to be great. Oh, this show. Oh, this show. Well, we're going to be talking about this show again next week. We sure are. Yeah. Uh. And uh, you should also talk about this show on some social media. It's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Gmail. Yeah. That's for emails. <laughs> Uh, and we 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 we're both doing a writing conference coming up, so it's going to be we're going to get it we're going to get an episode out. Uh, but we're it, it, we got a, we got a could weekend. be weird. Yeah, yeah, we got a we're going to be a little bit loopy as we try to do do that stuff. But we'll we'll get an episode episode out for you. And man, like it's going to be it's going to be a couple months, but but Riverdale is going to be coming back in a couple months. Yeah, they're recording. They're the recording they're filming they're filming they're very excited i mean because the thing is that their seasons are so long that like that comes up usually in october or november U- usually it launches on my birthday yeah so in october yeah so i mean that that means that we got like two months yeah and we're not going to make it through all this oc well we never do we never do that's the thing about, about riverdale having 22 episodes but also a lot of breaks oh, that's a lot of breaks uh so i know we're still like two months out but Hey, Riverdale's coming back like a freight train, so... Share us your predictions on the social meds. I already said what it was. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see you next week. Will Matt make the most of his second chance? Will Johnny and Marissa save their friendship? Will Newport swipe right on Kirsten and Julie's new matchmaking service? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 